0: A dream can be anything. Whether yours is to start a business, be in a healthy relationship, pursue your dream career or to get right spiritually, every week the Dream Check podcast brings you advice, encouragement and real life insight from people who are living their dreams to the fullest. I'm Nicole Ivanoff, an established international wedding photographer, a wife, a dog mom, coffee enthusiast but most famously known for my sweatsuit collection. Like you, I have so many dreams, some of which I've lived out and others I'm still pursuing daily. I'm a girl from suburban Detroit who's made her way out to LA. And although I'm no guru, I have a heart to empower, activate, and sharpen those dreams that may be lying dormant in your life. If I or anyone who comes on this podcast can do it, so can you. Welcome to the show. Time to check in. What's up, friends, and welcome back for another episode of the Dream Check Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Evenoff. If you are a new listener, which there could be some new listeners since this is a new season. So if you are new, thanks for stopping by and listening. If you are a regular listener, thanks for coming back. Today on the show, we have Kate Tomlin, formerly known as Kate Warman. I'm so excited to talk to Kate today. She's been on my dream guest list since the very beginning, and we finally made it happen. She is the host and founder of the Heart of Dating podcast, and she has a huge community within the Heart of Dating. She's a newly married woman, which, fun fact, I photographed her wedding back in August, which was our first time meeting in person. We have been IG friends for forever. So super exciting that we made that happen and even more exciting that she's on the show today. She's also a dating coach and a best-selling author of the book, Thank You For Rejecting Me. We talk on all of your guys' favorite topics today, singleness, dating, and marriage. I don't wanna give away too much, so let's get right into it and welcome Kate to the show. Let's check in.
1: Hello. Hey girl, what's up? How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm so excited for this time of year, all the things.
0: How are you doing? All the things. I know I was just saying, I wish you could see my tree in the background more. I'm (laughs) so excited
1: about it. (laughs) I'm going to like flash you to mine right now. Are you ready? Oh my gosh, you have that so cute. Do you have like a something on your TV that's a Christmas vibe? Oh, 100% because this is the thing. We just got married. I'm sure we'll talk about some of this and we're in a very very small a transitional apartment. Mm-hmm. And because of that, just our desk space, everything is like all combined with the living room. So the big TV is in my background. So every time I'm doing anything, I'm like, I have to have something cute on the background. <laughs> it's
0: so cute. I'm inspired to actually, I love when I go into people's houses and they have the fireplace going on the TV with like the noise. I'm like, Something about that is so nostalgic to me.
1: Oh, it's so good. I wish... Also in California, like LOL to real fire sometimes in the winter. I'm like, it's not that that cold enough for (laughs) a fire. But I love a good fireplace in the wintertime. I'm like, ooh,
0: yes. I mean, it's (laughs) been getting pretty chilly in the mornings here. I'm not going to lie. I was on the way to the chiropractor this morning at 930. And it was was only 56 out. And I had my heat blasting at 85 degrees in my car. I'm the biggest baby ever. Ever? Oh my
1: gosh. Well, where
0: did you grow up? I'm from Detroit. And so I feel like I'm used to negative temperatures for 26 years. And then I moved here. I go home for Christmas and I refuse to leave the house or go outside. I'm like, I will literally freeze to death. Like it's so cold. And my parents are like, you grew up here. I'm like, I know, but now I live in hot weather. I live in summer year round. So if it drops below 60, I'm freezing to death. Like I do not want to leave the house. (laughs) Anyway, enough about the weather. I feel like I could talk about that forever. So excited about the holidays coming up, but more excited to have you on the show. I know we had it planned before the wedding and then like, I don't even know what I was thinking. Weddings are such a big deal and there's no time for this before a wedding. So I'm happy that we rescheduled and I just believe it was meant to be now. And so it's an honor to have you on. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks, Nicole. I
0: can't wait. Just... And such <laughs> a like full circle moment because I feel like you were one of the first people I met when I moved to LA. You yeah. were doing more blogging and stuff then and... And we had DM'd because I had looked at our DMs. I'm like, wait, we were DMing like in 2017 to shoot, and then we never ended up shooting. But then we stayed connected. And then fast forward, long story short, like I, we have all these mutual church friends. Yeah. Uh, love your podcast. Love what you're doing for like the community when it comes to dating, singleness, and all the encouragement and stuff that you do. And you've just done so much. And so I'm. Very excited to talk to you about all these all the things. We will start with the first question that I ask every guest, which is what is a dream that you have right now?
1: A dream that I have right now. I love this question. Dream check. Let's go. (laughs) So I just got married, and honestly, one of my dreams at the moment is just very basic newlywed, like picturing envisioning my life with JJ. We actually just got back from Thanksgiving and it was so sweet. Like it makes me emotional. I got to see him interact with now. I'm an aunt. Like I just became an aunt. My Uh brother didn't have any kids. So getting to see him with our nieces and nephews was the sweetest thing. And so kind of the biggest dream I have right now is just getting excited about the next stage of our life. I don't know. I'm just so excited about that. We have the fur babies, you know, so we have the two baby dogs, (laughs) but I'm getting excited about a family and moving out of this small apartment and getting, you know, actually buying a house together. These things Mm -hmm. that I wouldn't say I was waiting like to buy a house till I got married, But now that I am married, I'm so glad I waited to do that with him personally. I'm like excited for us to do that together, though I know we'll look back and laugh at living in this like tiny 600 square foot apartment together, like in 10 years from now and be like, remember when we just got married and we were piled on top of each other in this small apartment. (laughs) I'm just so excited. So that's just, you know, basic newlywed girl over here being like, I'm excited for the next like few years and what they hold together. Things that I've dreamed about for so long that God is finally bringing to fruition. So I'm so excited.
0: I love it. And honestly, I feel like a 600 square foot apartment as newlyweds is a true testament of your marriage.
1: (laughs) (laughs) some days girl I'm like we can do this it's fine other days I'm like what was I thinking this is the worst thing ever but like you
0: said it'll be so funny to look back on and laugh when you guys are in your dream home living your dream life so so fun well thank you for sharing Um, I gave a little brief intro of you before the episode but I'm gonna let you share a little bit about yourself who is Kate Tomlin, formerly known as Kate (laughs) Warman.
1: So hey guys, love being here. If you guys don't know me or any of my story, I run the Heart of Dating podcast and I started that coming up on five years ago and it was wild. So I was a single girl that had done everything pretty much wrong in her dating life. I had dated all the wrong kinds of guys, dated non-Christians, I dated Christians, I dated people from blind dates to online dating. I got ghosted for days. I also was in a two and a half to three year really toxic and abusive relationship. And I also dated more than one narcissistic kind of guy. And so I had dated all sorts of different kinds of people and often put my identity in relationships. And five years ago, God planted in my heart, actually in the wake of a rejection to start a podcast on Christian dating. And it was the weirdest thing I'm telling you, because I had never, I'd never even really listened to podcasts in general at the time. And I definitely never ever wanted to talk about my dating life publicly, like ever. I was like, that thought for me was the most terrifying thing of all time because I'm an Enneagram three. I struggled in my past with people perceiving me a certain way. And so I never really wanted people to know the ins and outs and depths of my mistakes in dating. Um, And so when God put this dream and vision on my heart, I was like, what do you mean? Like, you really want me? The person who did dating all the wrong ways and who is terrified of sharing her story to talk about this publicly? Um, That's crazy. But it really, it kept getting confirmed over and over and over that this wild dream was really from God. And so I was like, okay, I have to do this. Get all the courage I can get to step out there and go into the unknown to talk about Christian dating. So I started this podcast, uh, The Heart of Dating, and then it honestly was wild. People started listening and it was clear that it was a subject that just was not talked about, especially from somebody like me at the time who is single, who's trying to navigate it alongside everyone else. And so basically from there, it just started growing. Like a year and a half, two years in, I got approached to do a book and I wrote my first book in 2021 called Thank You for Rejecting Me. I started doing yearly dating conferences. And so now like five years later, I so am honored to serve Christian singles worldwide through Heart of Dating, and now in the last year, JJ has come alongside me like so crazy too. Because I never anticipated, never thought like you know, God, I have to marry a guy that's going to do this with me. Of course, there's a part of me that would have loved that, but I never like sat there and I was like, that's my prerequisite. I never dated guys with the thought like you have to be a part of what I'm doing. But JJ, on his own, God implanted the dream in his heart to serve Christian men, specifically single men. And so us bringing that together, now we get to work together. And it's the coolest, most beautiful thing that five years ago, I had literally no idea that this would be the whole journey. And then I'd get married to my husband, who's also passionate about this and we'd be doing it together. So just wild. And so that's a bit about me. And then some fun details. I am Canadian. I love Celine Dion and I'm obsessed with Disneyland. So <laughs> <few things>. wait. <laughs>
0: Everything I wanted to ask you just flew out of my brain when you said that you were Canadian (laughs) and you love Celine Dion. I love Celine Dion. I had no idea you were Canadian. Did I not know that? Uh, Were you born in Canada?
1: Yeah, I was born in Canada. Lived there for a bit, but then my whole extended family is all Canadian. My dad still has a legit Canadian accent, like to this day. Oh my gosh. It's so
0: funny. Also total side note, Nico and I have never been to Disney together and we're like trying to plan this whole trip. Yeah, your brain is, I could see your brain freaking out. (laughs) We had to make a a a double date. Okay. So many things that I want to dive into. That was like the best introduction anyone has ever given for themselves, by the way. So good. I love your passion passion and your heart for encouraging singles on dating. And obviously you've been through it. I want just for the listeners, because I know there's so many young Christian girls that listen and I know all the questions they normally have of like, well, how long were you single? How old were you when you met your person? Um, Dating Christians versus non-Christians. And so I'm just curious, like for girls maybe who I always hear like, oh, he's not like a Christian, but he'll go to church with me. And like,
1: what are the dangers in that? Mm, Oh my gosh. It's really easy if you desire marriage so much and the guys around you that are Christian are not like, pursuing you or they are failing you or whatever, disappointing you to then be like, well, this guy, he's interested in me, but, and he has all these great character qualities, but he doesn't love Jesus. And I just, I will tell you, I dated some great guys, even Christian guys But guys that I just, even in that capacity, were not on the same playing field that I was on in terms of we were not running at the same pace. And the irony is that JJ is totally the unexpected. He's five and a half years younger than me. And I never saw myself dating someone that young. But... I am so glad I didn't end up with one of those other guys that wasn't running at the same pace that I was. I'm so glad I didn't marry one of the non-Christians because I did date multiple non-Christians throughout my journey. And it is really, it's just marriage is a decision. You have to ask yourself, why am I getting married? Because the answer to that question will determine every reason for why you're dating. Like, why do I want to get married? If your reason for wanting to get married is because you want to feel happy or you just want this dream to be fulfilled or you want to become a mom, whatever it is, that reason, some of those reasons are good. But if your reason especially is I want to feel happy or I want to just have this like love fairy tale for the rest of my life. Ooh, like you have a wrong view of marriage because marriage is not going to make you happy for the rest of your life. Like it's really <laughs> not. <laughs> I have only a few months in and I can tell you like there are, there's hard crap that you go through and it is really sanctifying and really hard. In some ways, my singleness was easier in some ways. And so you need to really ask yourself, why do I want to get married? What is the purpose of marriage? And if you are a Christian listening to this, we look... For the Bible to say, what is Jesus? What does God say about marriage? How did he design it? And the way I see marriage is that God designed it to be such a unit and a covenant, a holy covenant to glorify him. So the reason for your marriage is not just to make you happy with a cool lifetime partner. That's a fun bonus. The reason for marriage is to ultimately glorify God, that together you can be better for the kingdom and more sharpening for the kingdom than you are apart. Like here's a great analogy. Okay. The Bible talks a lot about iron sharpening iron. And this is so important. It happens all the time in a marriage when if you are equally yoked and you're running on a similar race, like you're also though, equally both different and you're going to rub up against some things. And that's what a spouse is so awesome for because you get to challenge each other and sharpen each other. But what you don't want is iron sharpening pillow. Okay. Because Mm. a pillow can't be sharpened, okay? A pillow is just a pillow. It's fluffy, it's light, it's whatever. So the Bible is not calling us to be iron sharpening pillow. And what I mean by pillow is somebody who is not seeking Jesus, who's not a Christian, who's not seeking growth in general in their life, who's just stagnant, that's a pillow, okay? You you don't want iron sharpening pillow. That's not going to be the best for you or for glorifying God. It needs to be iron sharpening iron. And in order to be that, you need to be with somebody who is running a similar race as you. So that's probably the best analogy I have for why I just find it so, so, so important. What is your definition of marriage? And if you can get to what I'm saying, then it redoes everything for what you're looking for and why you're dating. Gosh, that
0: was all so good. And I loved what you said about being single is a 1 million percent easier than being (laughs) married. When all the infatuation and all the like, you know, the, I guess, honeymoon phase, like fades is maybe like a harsh word, but like that feeling you get when you first meet someone and you don't know them yet and like all that, like all that fades. Yes, you still love them, obviously, but marriage is literally hard in a sense of some days I'm like, oh gosh, like, okay, I'm going out of town this week and I don't have to work on myself this weekend. Like there are some days where I like some arguments we have where I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so hard. Like I know I have to work on this I don't want to but like I do and you have to for your marriage and for yourself and so people say marriage is hard because you're constantly sharpening each other yeah. marriage is a mirror to your like weaknesses essentially and that sounds so intense but it's so true so I love that you pointed that out and what is something you would say to someone who is single and you know really desires marriage which is not a bad thing but what is what is something they can do to embrace their single season while they're you know patient waiting for, you know, the person that God has for them?
1: You know, I want that person to know that I totally get where you're at. I just got married at 33. And before that, I started dating early in my life. So I was dating truly for 18 years. Some of those years I probably shouldn't have been dating. Let's be honest. But, um... I would consider myself have been really single and actively dating for 18 years. And I really desired it. I was a hopeless romantic. I was like, I want that. My parents' marriage was really messy. And I just was like, I want a healthy marriage. I want the fairy tale marriage. I want all of those things. Though I had to really rewrite my idea of a fairy tale marriage. Okay. But the thing that I would say is I totally understand what it looks like to just desire that thing so much. And it just keeps not happening. And you keep being a bridesmaid or you keep going to the weddings and you keep seeing it happen for so many people around you and so many people in the Heart of Dating community are actually like 35, 38, 40, and above. And they're either they've either been single their whole life or maybe they're divorced. And I just I get it. I I hear the stories and I understand the pain. I would say in the last five years, specifically four to five years before I met JJ, because I intentionally focused on I don't want this season of my life to be this daunting, this disappointing, this treacherous anymore. It was truly the best four to five years of my singleness ever. It was like, Some of the greatest years of my life. And before that, it wasn't. It was horrible. I hated dating. I hated being single. I like the whole thing. I was like burnt out to the nth degree. I was like, I hate it. I hate guys. I hate online dating. I was saying all the stuff that I now coach people. Don't say those things, but I was saying it all. But this is what you have to realize in all of that. There's space for your grief, there's space for your disappointment, but you are also a powerful person. And the only person that can get yourself out of the place you're in is yourself. If you get spouse, if you get a boyfriend, it's not going to change how you actually feel on the inside. It's going to be temporary change. But what it's coming down to is you have to find your worth and value and joy in your current life with or without somebody else in it. This is actually an important lesson for marriage because if you look to your spouse all the time to make you feel joyful, happy, all the things like you will constantly be let down. You have to find that in your own life with or without anybody else in the picture. And so the four to Five years before I met JJ, I was super intentional on saying, gosh, I'm going to take my power back. I've given my power to all these guys, to dating apps, to this narrative of dating that I've created in my mind that it's so horrible. And I'm the only one that has the power to really redo my mindset, to really take my power back and say, it doesn't have to be this way anymore. And when I started actually going on a new journey to say, God, what do you have for me? What do you want to reveal for me in my life right now? What are the beautiful parts of who I am? Will you show me all those things? Would you help me redo my identity apart from men, apart from dating? Would you bring me purpose and value? Would you help me to feel confident going on solo dates? Would you help me to feel confident traveling by myself and doing things that maybe I always dreamed of doing with somebody else, but I didn't want to. Stop doing those things just because I was single. And I started living the most vibrant, amazing life those last four to five years. And I would say like, even before I married JJ, there were times where I was grieving that that life I was leaving behind. That freedom, that independence, that excitement, the joy of the richness of the friendships I had built, the traveling I had done, all of those amazing things. I was grieving part of it because I knew it would be amazing, but different with JJ. And I had loved it so much. And I just wanted want you to know that if you're in that place where you desire marriage so much, that is a good thing. But what does it look like to redirect some of that energy towards also loving where you are right now? And really seeking to understand that God is still a good God, even if... You're still in singleness. Even if that desire is there and it hasn't happened yet, like he is still a good God to you right now. And he just wants you to come closer to his heart. He wants you to run closer to him and be focused on him and really enjoy the vibrancy of the life that he's put in front of you. I'm so passionate about that. And the answer was probably jumbled, but I just, I know that it's hard. And I also know you can truly experience the beauty of singleness. And I don't want you to miss out on that because if you get married. If you never enjoyed your singleness, you're going to look back and be like, you really will. And you'll be like, Mm -hmm. dang, I literally never enjoyed my singleness. And I kind of wish I had.
0: (laughs) Everything you said is so spot on. Personally, I had the same thing. Like our stories are so similar. I loved being single and not like when we say like, don't miss out on the fun of being single. We don't mean like going out on dates and hooking up with guys. Like that's not what we mean by that. What Mm -hmm. we mean by that is like, once you're married, you become one with someone else. And so everything you do, every decision you make affects someone else. And so I can't just go spend whatever amount of money on whatever I want anymore. I can't just go for weekend trips without, you know, making sure my husband's plans are aligned. I can't, get whatever apartment I want because my husband has us on a budget and this is not in the budget for us, you know? So there are things that like in your singleness, like you just get to do and embrace and enjoy just for you. And Mm -hmm. gosh, I remember the night before my wedding, I didn't want anyone to be with me. I just wanted it to be me and literally me and God. And I just was like, I wasn't sad obviously, but I was like, oh my gosh, this is my last night alone. Like literally just me. And like, I grieved in like a beautiful way. Like it was very emotional, but, and not in a, obviously like I'm sad, but like this chapter of my life is coming to an end. And now like I'm starting a new book, you know, which is like kind of scary, but like also beautiful. And so I feel like it's a good sign if, if you're grieving your singleness, like it almost to me is like, maybe you are ready to be in a relationship, because you've so fully embraced your singleness that, you know, you can chat with God and be like, I think I am ready. And I did want to ask you too, like what flipped because you had said you had dated toxic guys, abusive, um, narcissists, like, People get stuck in that pattern where every guy they date tends to be like that. What helped you go from repeated toxic relationships to dating God-fearing men, whether they were your husband or not?
1: Well, first of all, I had to take a big season off of dating. There's a part of my story where for 10 years, from 14 to 24, I dated nonstop. Like I don't remember really any pockets of time, truly, where I was single for more than like a week at a time. I would like always be dating and I'd find the next person, find the next guy. And then I would often get into relationships. And it was just, I was always, always, always dating. And that ended with that toxic abusive relationship. And so after I finally got out of that, I like really, really had a hard conversation with myself and realized like, I did not know who Kate was outside of dating and outside of men. I had no idea because I had never been single long enough to really find out. Like truly, truly single. Single is like no dating in the picture, no distraction from that. And for me, it was so important to figure out who is Kate outside of dating? Who is Kate outside of performing, outside of relationships? And so I took time significantly off of men and even friendships with guys because I was still getting some validation even from those friendships. And I went on a really long journey of healing. And finally, when I was quote unquote ready a few years later, that's when I started reading and researching and going to therapy. And I wouldn't say I was like perfectly ready. It was definitely a work in progress, but I was ready enough to start dating in a new way. But even then, and this is what I'll say is for me in those years post-abusive relationship when I was dating, quote unquote, a new way, okay, <laughs> I was trying to date in a new way, there was still some trial and error in the process. And I would say the biggest thing for me that I had to learn was discernment and trusting myself, knowing what red flags were for me and really being able to trust myself, my gut, the Holy Spirit within me speaking to me, which was definitely a work in process because Being with an abuser, my abuser was very emotionally abusive and other ways abusive, but he gaslit me constantly. We all, that's a hot topic right now, but I constantly questioned and doubted myself all the time. And I always wanted to believe the best in people, which I do love that about myself, but I did it almost to a fault of like, I will believe the best in them and overlook the way they're treating me, overlook these minor red flags. It's like the field of red flags. And I'm like, but there's one green flag and I'm just going to focus on that, right? Like, that's what I would do. And so I would start having to, I really practiced discernment. Like, okay, I feel something in my spirit and my body is literally off right now after this conversation or after this incident. And I would have to journal about that. I invited God into that. I often had my therapist speak into that with me. And I started really working on what is this thing in my spirit? Is this me and my brokenness and some of my trauma flaring up? Or is this really the Holy Spirit speaking to me and saying, this is not a safe place for you. This is not good for you. And that is a process, but it is something that like to this point in time, my discernment is so strong where I can be in conversations with people. I'm like, something is off and I feel it. Something is off. and I'm going to pay attention to that. It's a red flag, right? A red flag, which for me, a red flag is that caution where you need some more information, but it's definitely something I pay attention to. And I start seeking more information on until I figure out, is this a red flag that's a deal breaker? Or is this a red flag that's like maybe not that as big of a deal. It's an orange and it goes down the line to it's not that big of a deal at all. And so this is definitely a process. But I think for me, working on discernment and actively practicing trusting myself again was the biggest thing that made a difference for how I actually navigated toxic men versus this is a true godly man who is of his work. Because by the way, the toxic guy, abusive guy I dated, He worked at a church. He was like a church leader and all the things. And so for me, it was not having the prerequisite of a Christian wasn't enough. Like it was like, I have to, what are the fruits of the spirit in their life? And when you get to know that person through time, as you squeeze those fruits, like what is it healthy on the inside or is it just presenting really well on the outside? And some of that you really can only see through time, but time pacing, discernment. Those were my best friends.
0: (laughs) That was so good. I I think also when we're unhealthy, we attract unhealthy. And that was my biggest thing. When I, I was single for four or five years, and I did so much work on myself. First of all, I wasn't a Christian for the longest time. And then when I got saved and uh, started dedicating my life to like serving God, you know, God does like inside to outwork. And so I feel like as my heart was slowly changing, I was, you know, my everything, my personality, I felt like changed. What I was attracting was changing. And I just feel like as I gave my heart to God, he started to like give me eyes to see what he wants for me and not what I want for me. And as I healed my own childhood traumas, which we all have, I started to attract healthier dating opportunities. And so that's another reason why I personally think that working on ourselves when we're single is so important because you attract what you are. And obviously there are situations where healthy people get into toxic relationships with sociopaths where it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with them. But nine times out of 10, we attract what we are. And so that, that's one of my biggest takeaways from you know going from unhealthy to healthy. I started attracting healthy relationships.
1: Yes, it's so good. What
0: would you say is the biggest dating mindset or belief that is holding singles back the most?
1: I, I really believe, I think one of the most toxic things out there is specifically for women that there's no good guys out there really that I think that's a lie the enemy keeps using because it's clear statistically there are more women in in the Christian church right now than men that's like a statistical fact and so we like to focus on that as women and then we like to see the one guy in our church community that we're like okay of course he's never going to be interested in me and of course he ended up with that girl and then it contributes to the self-fulfilling prophecy of like there are no good guys out there and the only good guys that are out there would never be interested in me and if there's one thing that I just hear constantly over and over. It's that, but where are they? But like, do they actually exist? Um, And that really is a mentality that leads into scarcity. And if we live in scarcity, we only continue to see scarcity. And so I've tried to combat this with people the last several years. I'm like, well, what does it look like first to redirect your mindset on this? Because living in the, believing that there's no good guys out there will not, help you to see the ones that are out there that are good. It's You're, you're training your brain to say those there's, there's no good ones out there. So basically, it's going to be a miracle of God that needs to come through with that one guy because you're so hardening your heart. And I believe truly that by saying that to ourselves constantly, that we're missing tons of the actual good guys that could be great for us because we're so convinced that there's no good guys out there. I really believe it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. So, and I know it's so easy. It's like at girls' nights, we're just like complaining and we're talking about the guys, we're talking about online dating and the ghosting and all the things. But all of those things are contributing to that mindset that there are no good guys out there. And that like really awesome, solid Christian men do not exist. I'm here to say like, even though I dated a lot of frogs, I also dated a lot of decent guys that just were not the right guys for me in the last several years. And just the mindset, though, is the what shifted for me, that mindset of shifting to, no, good men do exist. I just need to find one. That's the thing, is good guys do exist. And while they may be less than some of the bad guys out there, I only need to find one. And I believe that there could be one person out of the millions and billions of people on the planet that could be a great guy for me. And so as I started to shift my mindset into like really tried to prioritize in my life, being around good men that were even married good men, like my, my friends' spouses. Like I wanted to see what a good man looked like and I wanted to be reminded that these men do exist. And as I started spending more time with these guys, it made me realize like, I'm not upset that I didn't get that guy. I am encouraged that there are men like this that do exist. And that's what I'm putting my hope in. That's what I'm gonna stake in the ground to say they're here. They, they do exist. This guy was single only a year ago, two years ago. Like they are out there. Like I have that belief for myself that that is possible, that I could find that. And so surrounding yourself with awesome quality men, even in marriages, hopefully you can find that, but I would really seek that out. I'd also really, really for you guys that are, is, are relating to this, Man, you have to control the conversations you have at girls' nights because this was the biggest thing for me. I literally had to put a stake in the sand with some of my conversations with people being like, guys, we just can't keep complaining about guys. Like, I truly can't because the more we do that, the more. I truly believe that this will never happen for me. The more I leave those nights feeling negative and defeated and stuck and bitter and resentful, it's not actually leading me to more hope, to more joy, to more excitement about my dating life. It's literally leading me to the opposite. And so you have to stop complaining about all the horrible guys that you feel like you have encounters with. Oh man, I could go on and on, but I think that is one of the biggest lies or the biggest belief systems that is hurting Christian women that there are no good Christian guys out there. I just truly believe the more you allow that thought to infiltrate your mind, the more it will become your actual truth in your life. And I don't think you want it to be.
0: (laughs) I think it's so true. If you are so convinced that every guy out there is bad, you would miss the guy that God sent if he was right in front of you. Yep. And so you have to, like, my husband, Nico, is really big on mindset. I, I could be better at it when I talk about myself, but um, he's really big on, like, speak out what you want. And, like, the more negative self-talk you say about yourself, the more you're going to believe it. And so, of course, this applies for people who think every guy in the world is bad. And I'm sure you see it all the time, but one of the biggest comments I get on TikToks I've done about dating is, well, where where did you meet this guy? Where is he? Well, that sorry, that'll never happen for me. It's like, well, why? Why
1: can't that happen for you? But I think that the more they're not going to be willing to see it, or be open. And I just have to tell that person again, because I am passionate about this. The biggest thing I've been saying for the last like one or two years is date the unexpected and God may do the unexpected because I was also my most limiting person. I wouldn't allow myself to date somebody who was maybe a little bit different than I would normally consider. And I'm not talking about faith. I'm not talking about non-negotiables. I'm talking about preferences. And for me, Like JJ came along and I was like, this guy has weird style. He's long distance. He's five and a half years younger than me. My brother is younger than me. And he's three and a half years younger than my brother. That was so weird for me. And I really almost said no to going on a date with him. I was so close because I was like, this guy, I, I don't know. He had blue hair, all the things, right? And I could have held myself back from meeting the man that I should be with just because if I had said, oh no, I wouldn't date a guy like that. No, like what? So you have to also be willing to date the unexpected. If you're gonna say those comments and do those things, to, I wanna see you on every dating app, swiping, not swiping left on people because of their height or because they're not perfectly attractive enough or because of their age. I wanna see you truly challenging yourself to be more open. <laughs> oh, I can do a whole side TED talk a that.
0: I- <laughs> (laughs) I love it. Okay. I want to talk more about JJ. Um, Obviously your guys' story is so epic. You went from a FaceTime date to literally getting engaged and now happily married. So I know everyone's going to be wondering if they don't already know you, what is your guys' story?
1: Yeah. So we met, my book had come out and, or was about to come out and I was doing a Galantine's Galentine's girls Zoom conference. Okay. For like these high school, college girls, college girls. And JJ was there. He was like the talent or the entertainment and he was doing a live blind date with a different girl. And so he was there at this like Zoom event doing this live blind date. And then the people running the conference were like, JJ and to the other guys, they were like, if you want to stay on and watch the speaker, You can, but kind of funny and awkward because it's all these young college girls. So what are these guys doing just sitting on after their blind date? So JJ goes on this blind date and then he decides to watch my talk. And it was like a very light subject of self-hatred, okay? So I am just like sitting here telling these girls like what it's like to be in self-hatred and come out of that and have God completely redo your entire identity from the ground up. And he heard this vulnerable story of mine. And the next day after this Zoom conference, the girls messaged him and they're like, so how's your blind date? And he was like, she's a sweet sister in Christ. (laughs) Oh my gosh. But (laughs) who's the speaker? And they were like, hey, the dating coach? He was like, yeah, what about her? And they're like, you know that she's a dating coach, right? And he's like, yes. And they're like, you know that she's like older than you by a lot, right? And he's like, yep. And they're like, um, do you want us to connect you with her? And he was like, yes. So they messaged me and they're like, hey, one of the guys from last night is interested in you. And I was like, Oh my gosh, what? Which one? Because I do remember there was one guy that was 21 that was there. And I was like, I can't. That's too much of an age gap for me. (laughs) I was 31 at the time. I was like 10 years. And with him being 21, too much. But it was JJ who was 26 at the time. And I was like, maybe, maybe this could work. I, I was like, I don't know. I could be open to it. So, like I just said, I stalked him on Instagram actually. And I was not impressed. Okay. His Instagram <laughs> was like weird. It was every photo was different. It was You're like cracking me up right now. I mean, it was a strange, girl. It was like he had cornrows in one photo and then another photo was like him with a big bushy mustache that he had dyed jet black. And then there was another one with him with platinum hair. Then there's another one with him, like a big burly beard. Like I was like, who is this guy? There's so many different identities here. I don't even <laughs> understand what's happening. And the latest was like, he had a black thing with a blue hair. And I was like, this is not a guy I would ever go for. But, and he's younger, but why not? I will give him credit for being younger and asking me out after seeing me in that setting I'll just say, yeah. So I go on this FaceTime date with him and I'm literally thinking I'm not going to like this guy, but I'm here. We'll just be there and see what happens. And honestly, I was shocked. The date was awesome. Like he came with all these prepared fun games and questions and it was on a FaceTime. And I was like, oh my gosh, maybe he's actually kind of sweet and cute. This is weird. He was wearing a hat, covering up his blue hair, which I think was a win for him because I think if it was like in my face, the whole FaceTime, I would have been like, oh my gosh, the blue hair is a lot for me. (laughs) But yeah, and he lived in Seattle. So he was also long distance. And, And I should also mention, I was doing my own dating challenge during the time which I can go into more detail on but I was talking to and going on dates with other guys during this dating challenge. And so I was like content. I like was actually having a good time. I didn't really need to go on a date with JJ, but I mean there he was. He swooped on in and he like really stood out. And so uh, yeah, we started dating after that and then we he actually moved to California like Three or four months into dating. There's more to it. I don't know how much more you want to hear, but that was the beginning part of it.
0: <laughs> I was crying laughing during your description of this Instagram. <laughs> I love your story because I truly feel like God did that on purpose. Like, mm-hmm. I think God is so funny like that to give you a story where you could encourage others to date the unexpected because there are so many people on dating apps or A guy that even approaches them at church and they're not their type physically and they just turn them down and it's like, wait, that could be it. And also like personality and the fruit of their life outweighs their looks by a million anyway, and you grow in attraction. I do think you want to be physically attracted to your spouse or a significant other, but I love your whole theory of date, the unexpected. I'm so curious, what was the one thing that stood out in his personality on that first date where you were like, wait, I'm interested? Just in your dating process, what is something he did or a way he pursued you that made you think, oh, this could be it?
1: I think what I, what didn't scare me about looking at his Instagram was, and what I did love about, even though it was so weird and wild, I was like, this guy is clearly a hundred percent himself. It's very clear because otherwise he would not be posting all these weird photos and <laughs> craziness all over the place. If he cared what people thought about him, I was like, I really feel like he's a hundred percent himself. And I dated other guys that just kind of wanted to date me for a certain reason. And I really felt with JJ, like, he 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 doesn't even know who I am. He just found out about me. He is just being bold and confident and he's confident in himself to do that. And he's confident enough in himself to have this profile of really weird images all over the place. I mean, the girls at the conference even told him when they were texting, they're like, JJ, like you should probably clean up your Instagram. Like before we send Kate a text, like you should probably, she's probably going to stalk you. Like you should probably clean it up. And he was like, no, I'm not going to. (laughs) <laughs> he literally <laughs> said that. And I like respected him. And on the first date, I could feel that he wasn't trying to prove anything to me. He was super kind and sweet and came prepared and planned for the date, all of those things. But there was nothing in it where he was like just trying to win me over or impress me. He was a little bit like, you know, weird. And I liked that. I liked that he was totally himself because for me, I think we actually are completely opposite in many ways and I actually need somebody who is totally fine with themselves exactly as they are because that's been a big struggle in my life of like, you know, leaning more on the performer side and wanting to present a certain image. So JJ really balances me to just truly be authentically myself. And I, that's something I never really truly knew that I needed until I met him and Speaking of that discernment, like early on, I even though he came on a little hard handed in terms of romantic gestures, which was sweet and lovely. Like in my, and in, in, with some guys in my past, I would have been like, uh oh, they're going to be love bombing me. They're going in too hard. It's infatuation for them. Like I was like, uh, ah, because of my past. But with JJ, I really felt in my, with discernment, I was like, no, this guy is genuine. He's not doing this with an agenda he's truly just trying to pursue me well. And I knew that from my gut the entire beginning time. And that was something that wasn't always clear with other guys. And it was super clear with him. So that's probably what I loved the most in the beginning.
0: I love your guys' story so much. That was so joyful for me listening to that. (laughs) Side note, is he an Enneagram 8?
1: He's a seven wing eight
0: okay I knew it I knew it was 7-8 eight or 8-7 eight, Nico's an 8-7 so right. JJ has that like uh leadership uh confidence personality that the eights that the eights have I love eights Oh, definitely. um
1: when his eight side comes out in conflict I'm like oh my gosh this is crazy like, it's <laughs> kind of scary <laughs> he's like bold and stubborn and he
0: knows his way and I'm like yeah I'm- Lives. they're the type that is, let me speak to the manager, which yeah. literally I, sh- I shrink into a puddle when people say, I want to speak to the manager. I'm like, I'm a two. So I just <laughs> like my unhealthy side, I care so much what people think. And so yeah. I'm like, you're offending them. The manager is not going to, you're hurting the worker's feet. Like I just get so uh, strung out. But anyway, Speaking of marriage, I just want to ask what is one thing about marriage that has shocked you? I know you're still like a mega newlywed, but
1: shocked me? Ooh I mean, outside of the like actually living together in small close quarters, which every part of that has been so shocking to my system. I'm like, whoa, there's like man here and there's man stuff, and just everything has been honestly shocking. But I think I have been shocked by just how much it has been sanctifying. I knew it would be. I even had experiences and tastes of it in engagement for sure, because that was, you're doing a lot in engagement. But It is, like you said earlier, you can't hide from these things in yourself. Like, I'm like, wait a second. I've like really gotten good at not presenting any of those things to anybody else in my life anybody, not even some of my family members who they probably would see the worst. And I'm like, and here you are pulling this thing out of me almost daily or sometimes, you know, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this really does need to be addressed. But I never had to really address it before. (laughs) (laughs) And same with JJ. JJ, like people love that he's super flexible. But then when it comes to marriage, like his flexibility between he and I can also lead to like major forgetfulness and just missing stuff. And I'm like completely type A. And so the opposite of that, and I catch it, you know, I'm like, Hey babe, did you do this thing? He's like, Oh, I totally forgot. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, like you got it. he's like, Oh wow. This is like being magnified for me. My forgetfulness is like to an nth degree in marriage. And so I think he's really just it, I love being married and it is so much fun. And I like, I just, it's joyous. But I think also everyone goes into it like, oh, so great. I, this is the thing I've dreamed for my whole life. And I'm like, yeah, it it is. And it's wonderful, but it is incredible. It's that iron sharpening iron, which mm-hmm. is painful a lot of times. It's like, frick, I don't want to face this thing. Like, I don't want to deal with this right now. <laughs> Dang it. Yeah.
0: Gosh, I can relate to that so much. It is such a mirror and it really is like they pull things out of you. And like one of my biggest fears in life, which is something I'm working on is like becoming a nag. I feel like my mom was very naggy and sometimes iron sharpening iron can feel like nagging. Yeah. So I'm like really working on like trying to find graceful and softer ways to like Correct maybe isn't a right word, but to like when we're communicating, because it can be, it's hard conversations sometimes, you know? And so, yeah, marriage is just a forever. And that's why you see like when you listen to messages at church or pastors posting stuff on Instagram, like marriage is work. Like for marriage to work, you have to work. Like it is literally a job. And so it can be stressful, but at the end of the day, like you know that this person is from God. And that God brought the two of you together, and you're just you're called to glorify Him together. And that person is supposed to bring out the best version of you. It's just really no one likes change. Everyone wants to stay as they are. It's just not always. I want to
1: address my control issues. Like, what do you mean? Like, I don't. I feel
0: like it's fine. <laughs> I feel you. I kind of want to end on the heart of dating. I know you have a dating conference coming up. You have a whole community. Which, first of all, you've had people meet and get married that met in your community correct yes so many I don't even know the
1: number at this point but yes so 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 many okay
0: so for anyone listening and I'm just I am such a big believer in people always say oh where do I find the guy where do I find the girl yeah join a church start serving like all of my friends in church have met their partner their spouse in church like that's the yeah. best place to meet someone, in my opinion. And if not that, if, if that's not like realistic for you, then join an online community group. Like yeah. people in that group are there for the same purpose. And so give a little bit of background on the community and the conference because I think people listening should be plugged into both.
1: Yeah, thank you. I mean, it's been so cool. I think what's so fun about Heart of Dating is it started as this podcast, but now it's morphed into truly a community. So on Facebook alone, we have a the community of now I think it's up to like 12,000 singles and then from that group we have like I mean like 50, 60, I don't even know how many subgroups of Heart of Dating from that main group. Like we have all these people who have started HOD subgroups of like people in the Northeast or singles over 35 or people who love rock climbing or like whatever. And people have met through both the main group and all these subgroups, plus all of the events that we've done. And it's just been the coolest thing. I mean, what I have also loved to see is our community Because singles can feel really underserved. And if that's you and you're listening and you don't have a great singles ministry at your church, what Heart of Dating can offer you is really a place to meet people that look like you, that have similar stories like you, friends, community, and of course, yes, potentially a significant other. What I love is even just the friendships also that have come from it. I love, especially in the summertime, we have so many people that travel for heart of dating meetups. Like it is the coolest thing. And I always see the pictures of like big groups of people that did an HOD meetup. It's just like so exciting. So then coming to conference, we now do conference every single year. This will be our fourth conference but our second in-person or hybrid because it's also you can come online. And what I love about it is just, it's like a big congregation of all sorts of single people. I mean, if you are wondering where the Christian singles are at, they're at the heart of dating conference. 100%. (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, you're asking and then they're here. And sure, sometimes there are more girls than guys. If you can get over that and just still focus on there are guys showing up. Let's like be proud and thankful for the guys that are showing up. JJ's working on getting even more and more guys in the door. Trust me. But it's so fun because you get to meet people. You get to learn and grow together at the conference this year. We are doing it in Atlanta. And virtually, we make it an awesome experience. So if you can't join us in Atlanta, we really focus on making the virtual experience like not an afterthought. It's like a big priority for you to feel like you are attending online. So we have online hosts. We have breakout rooms for people online. We have chat discussions. You'll have your own singles party for everyone virtually where we'll have games. You'll get to mix and mingle. It'll be super fun. And then in person in Atlanta, we'll do all of that We'll have the live speakers, which will be so fun. And we're going to have a big singles party in person, which I'm super pumped about. So
0: Um. fun.
1: Oh (laughs) my gosh. I'm like, do you have to be single to go? It's gonna be so fun. I mean, you don't have to be single to go, but if you are single, you definitely should be there.
0: <laughs> also, for those listening, Riley Sewell, who has been on the show yeah. a couple of times, her episodes are some of the most listened episodes on the wow. show. She's gonna be speaking at the conference. and so uh, think of her in person. It's gonna be 10 times better than a podcast listening. Oh so gosh. if not to hear Riley. You could possibly meet a spouse. For sure, meet new friends. Definitely highly recommend.
1: Oh, I love Riley. It was just her birthday. She's getting married now. I know. The conference, she was single. She was single as a Pringle. It's just crazy to see like, oh my gosh, it's amazing.
0: I mean, I can't imagine the story she's going to share at the conference
1: this year. Oh, she was dating the unexpected. She told me about Jack at the beginning and she was like, I don't know about this guy. Just, it was, she just kept, she was like, all right, I'm going to date the unexpected. And now she is. And that's actually the theme of our conference. It's unexpected that God would break through and do the unexpected in the life of singles this year. And so, so excited. I just got, I just got goosebumps. (laughs) I'm
0: so thankful to have you. Gosh, I feel like we could talk forever. We might have to do part two, maybe have JJ on, hear his side of the story. Um, Thank you so much. I want to wrap with, okay, where can we get your book? And then are there any other
1: books for singles that you recommend? Such a good question. Yeah, my book is on rejection. It's called Thank You for Rejecting Me. You can get it on Amazon. They often do deals where it's on sale. You can get the paperback or listen on Audible. I narrate it, which I find is really fun. Um, so, uh, that book isn't just if you've been through a breakup, it's if you have experienced rejection of any kind or self-rejection or have a fear of rejection, that book really will help you. And it's with my story that I help you conquer your fears of rejection. Other dating books, I love outdated. I'm actually looking at a book by JP right now. JP Pakluda wrote outdated. It's an awesome dating book. I also just want to equip you with books that aren't just maybe dating specific, but to live your best single whole life. There's a great book out there called Healthy Adult. It will transform how you see attachment theory, attachment styles, codependency, boundaries. Lori Jean Glass is the author. She talks about all of that in that book. Another book I love if you struggled at all with codependency is Codependent No More, It's one of my favorite books (laughs) and it's deeply powerful. I'll keep it to those for now. There's so many others. I love the book, Single, Dating, Engaged, Married by Ben Stewart. So I'll throw that one in there too, because that's great. And The Sacred Search by Gary Thomas. Okay, I just did way too many, but all of those (laughs) are really, really good books. I'm adding Healthy Adult to my Amazon cart the second we get off this call. Girl, it's so good. So, so good.
0: I have the Codependency No More, which my therapist recommended years ago, which I have and I've never read. So maybe I need to pull
1: it out. You do. But I, I keep getting only like halfway through and sometimes stopping, like I've tried to reread it because there's so much that you're Mm. like, I'm already so convicted just by that I need to just sit in that it's so good
0: take some breaks while reading it (laughs) (laughs) well thank you so much I'm so honored to have you on here I don't take it lightly I know you have such a crazy schedule and you have such a huge community of people that you're encouraging so the fact that you would come on my show and encourage all my listeners means the world so thank you so much love you and we're definitely having you back
1: yeah girl let's do it love you guys thanks girl